0: Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose?
1: Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. hey tim hey george why is it best to teach
0: physics on the edge of a cliff um i i have no idea man i really want to get this one but i have no idea
1: because that's where students have the most potential (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that and and just so that's good (laughs) That's good. I don't know if we should, should we explain that one? Yeah. Because it's kind of dark, no, right?
0: No, it's great. It's not dark at all.
1: Well, it's not. So in physics.
0: This is why I'm not a teacher.
1: Right. In, in physics, you've got um, every object um, has potential energy, right? So they always talk about a rock on the side of a hill. And if you start it rolling, that potential energy turns into real energy. And so, I don't know. Figured out, I guess. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of dark. <laughs> no, pushing
0: students over the edge. So. You know, it was, it's
1: it's, good it's, stuff. it's it's physics. How much can you? You know what I mean?
0: Right, right. No, I like it. It's good. It's good. I think <laughs> I think that's about it, as far as you needed to go in the explanation uh, category there. So we're talking well, and, about. We're, we're, it, it relates to what we have to talk about today, right? So yeah,
1: as as our jokes always try to. Right. And, and so, uh, yeah. T- Tim, this one's going to be mostly you, and it has to deal with physics. And we're getting back into a kind of a sciency nerd thing.
0: Are you saying that all my topics are sciency nerd things? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I, I know where it is, I know how it goes. That's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're gonna be uh we're gonna be talking about space again, right? yes, we are and uh you know um what what did you think before we talk about it what did you yeah. think about this what we're about to talk about when I first showed it to you?
1: I thought it was at first I thought it was amazing, weird, super dangerous and Something that, like, a six-year-old with a lot of resources came up with and was like, hey, you know it would be really cool if we built something that did
0: this? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, what we're referring to today is a, a company that's kind of gotten a lot of media attention um, in, in in certain circles. Um, you know, they are part of the 100 most influential companies companies of 2022 from time magazine really uh, yes yes which is wow which is how i knew someone wasn't uh wasn't pulling uh, your leg yeah pulling my leg <laughs> i was, it was, it was, it was punking me um it, the company's name is spin launch and uh spin launch is exactly uh you know what w- the it's the purpose is in the name so what they what they basically do is they they basically put a projectile, a missile, on the end of an arm, spin it around at an obscene amount of speed, and then launch it into space, without a rocket. Without, well, without a first stage. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. No, nothing. They just whoosh, right into the right into the uh, atmosphere, and then they let the inertia take over, and then um, you have a what is essentially a second stage. You know, get it up into orbit, right?
1: But the first part is the one that takes the most energy.
0: Yes, exactly. The first part. And that's and that's the first part's the most innovative part of the conversation tonight.
1: Yeah. So I was thinking about this, Tim. So so Tim Tim brought this to me, brought this up to me, and we're talking about it. And I'm like, holy crap, this is this is really amazing. Now, um, I, I'm gonna go just on a little tangent here, real quick. Do it. This is the most amazing time to be alive. And here's what I mean by that. So everyone, you know, there's so much fear mongering and we've got this and we've got that and don't go out and don't do this. And and for a long time, there was kind of this feeling that everything cool that can be invented already was. And that our best days were behind us and <clears throat> we're just going to kind of plot along. This uh, this invention that we're talking about, along with a lot of other things, we're at an age right now where everything is kind of limited by imagination, right? This kind of stuff could not have been done probably 10 years ago. And Tim's, I mean, this is a fascinating story of how it's done, but we've got all these innovations that are actually coming to fruition and it really is the best time to be alive in yeah. in the history of ever uh, of of humans you know we we were talking about this off air yesterday or last time last week um electricity really was introduced at at the columbian exposition where they electrified a couple blocks in Chicago 130 years ago.
0: Yeah. 130 years ago next year. Yep.
1: And that's it.
0: <clears throat> that's it.
1: So before that, you either had gas lamps, which, you know, if they didn't blow your house up, and, and if you weren't rich, you didn't have them.
0: Right. And candles. you had candles. Right. Candles that were made out of really whale fat too, right? Right. Probably right. didn't smell very good. No. kerosene and and whale fat no thank you
1: yeah right and and, you know they almost they hunted whales almost to extinction because of that and you know and and so this is
0: just watch star trek you know for the voyage home yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: which we which we we talked about on a different podcast uh but but um you know with there's so much uh, there's all these messages coming down on us about um Oh, man, this is so bad. Oh, man, you know, the next shoe's going to drop. Look around. This is freaking amazing. Um, I just heard today, not that I'm going to be a customer, but um, they're getting permits to run electrical air taxis from downtown Chicago to two suburbs. Hmm. So they're like mini helicopters, but since they're not really mini helicopters they don't need the FAA license. And so they're trying to figure out how
0: to do this. So are these the Bell um, taxis made by Bell? um... See, I
1: don't know.
0: So they they, they
1: didn't say, they just talked about the company doing it, not the equipment.
0: Yeah. So like what, three years ago when CES was in Vegas, and this is before COVID, um, Bell had their big, you know, uh, quadrocopter and it had like, you know, two seats up in front two seats in the middle and like four seats in the back, something like that. It's pretty luxurious. Um and then I think they had it this just this past year too, I think. Um and then of course there wasn't a, there wasn't a CES in twenty twenty. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, this would make a really good, you know, air cab.
1: Yeah, but they're saying it's electric.
0: It is, it's all electric. Yeah, it had four fans on it. Four rotors that, you know, you would sit in this thing and it looked like something out of you know the mcu it looked like you know you were gonna get picked up by you know um, yeah I, I, i'm gonna something.
1: wait I, i'm gonna wait till they get the whole battery thing and see how it does in winter in chicago and with ice and all that fun I, i'm gonna let them kind of hash that out I, i'm with you buddy yeah.
0: I'm, I'm not a real fan <laughs> of that kind of stuff either yeah but no it 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 is, you know, it's coming, you know, that's that kind of stuff is coming.
1: And, and you know, and then I, I think it's a terrible idea, but California, say what you want about them, but duh, whatever, they're going to stop uh, selling gas cars and they're going to stop selling gasoline mm-hmm. relatively soon. Mm-hmm. And, and and I've heard that uh, for in some places, it's they're making it harder to get loans for gasoline cars. Mm. It's absolutely asinine. And we, there's a whole, we, our last episode talked about this. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, listen to our last episode. Um, but these are huge changes that are coming and, and they're happening in our lifetime in a very rapid pace. So, all this doom and gloom, all this stuff coming, man, there is just a whole world of new stuff coming out that's really going to be fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah and so. as of today what uh August 24th um and, and obviously we're always um we're always behind on releasing our episodes and we are we are considering making that more of a just in you know uh just in time uh type of uh publication meaning when we record we publish it almost immediately but for right now we're we're uh, averaging uh one to two weeks behind our recordings but I did want to mention something because of this. And that's, yeah. since our topic is space, um, and we are going to be talking about spin launch in a second, um, I'd be remiss to mention that um, this Friday night, um, we will be trying to go back for the first time to the moon, right? Artemis is launching. Oh, um, that's right. And that's that's huge, man. That's uh, the largest rocket ever um, by mankind. I mean, even bigger than than the Apollo rockets. And, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds, you know, uh, SLS and, uh, Artemis and, uh, how the Orion capsule, um, it'll be interesting to see how all this, uh, unfolds and works. And this is, this is a technical vet of the technology. No one's, no one's going up there. It's all technology. And, uh, but you know, um, if you're, uh, not doing anything, um, I believe it's, uh, Eight AM uh Friday morning. Um I, I believe that's when the uh first lunch window opens. So Okay. Yeah, August 29th. Awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: again, big happenings, right? I yeah, mean, it's big been, stuff. It's um boy, we're just on the cusp of it. So a lot of fun stuff. That uh, if if you want to become part of, you could actually become part of that effort.
0: Yeah. It's so a, excuse me, it's not this Friday. It's this Monday. It's the 29th. So okay, I keep, I keep on thinking Friday, but it's it's Monday. So yep, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, nine uh, eight thirty Eastern, and uh, you know that's uh, five point five point five million pounds of of technology going into space. Let's see what Jeez. happens. Yep. Jeez nuts. It's two. It's also two billion dollars a launch, excluding development. So, you know, two billion ah pocket change at this point. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> like, like Spin Launch, which is what we're about to talk about. Um, we're gonna learn so many new things, and human kind. You know, this is what this show's about, right? It's yeah how the human condition, you know, uh, gets uh, affected, how it gets influenced by technology, um, sometimes in a bad way, but most of the time in a good way, we would hope. And uh, it's just, it's moving the needle forward.
1: It, and, you know, we have to, we have to realize, because sometimes we get so comfortable with positive results. We have to, we have to look at, you know, there are going to be some failures in what, what's trying to be done is, pretty outrageous Uh, we kind of take it for granted because of movies or we've done stuff similar before but this is a big freaking deal and we're trying to push the envelope and if things fail uh, you know people the public in general should not get discouraged by it that's part of how we
0: learn yeah yep failure uh, without the humans in the, in the driver's seat, right it is an yeah. option to a certain degree. Um, it's, it's when it's when we put people in the driver's seat and there's people in it That's, that's where you don't want mistakes, but uh, anytime right. any other time you know I mean, SpaceX you know crashed and burned you know uh, many, many rockets before they they finally got one off the ground, save landing one, so
1: right, right.
0: So, spin, all right. So, yeah, Spin Launch.
1: Spin Launch. Um,
0: and, and,
1: yeah. and, um, yeah. So, why don't we describe what it is, Tim? hmm. And then the amazing story of how we got built.
0: Yeah. So, basically, what Spin Launch is, is, um, out of, believe it or not, Long Beach, California. The company, uh, started about, uh, what, 2014. And they have about 180 employees. But, what they do is innovative and how they do it is innovative. And so what they've come up with is essentially a centrifuge, uh, a, a, a building that spins a rocket around. So this would not have humans in it. It's only really intended for payload. It spins, spins it around ultra fast. And then there is a inner door and there's an outer door. And we'll get into why there's two doors in a minute. And basically what happens is the inner door opens. The capsule or small rocket is released. It goes through this first door. The door behind it closes very quickly. Then uh, the second exterior door opens. That's the door to, you know, our atmosphere. It's, you know, uh, a building sitting on the ground. And this, this capsule comes shooting out of it uh, at a very high rate of speed. Um, and then the door behind that closes. And, you know, what happens is this projectile goes up into orbit, and <clears throat> somewhere, you know, um, around an altitude of 200,000 uh, feet, uh, roughly 200,000 feet, um, the rocket will ignite its second stage. Uh, it will achieve or reach an orbital speed of, you know, let's say between 17,000 and 18,000 miles per hour, and... um it will be placed into orbit, and that's the idea. Now and the... again,
1: again, brilliant, very simple idea.
0: Yeah, but it sounds some like something straight out of like, you know, a cartoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, or like a kid is sitting in the backyard going, "Hey, you know, it'd be cool."
0: <laughs> yeah, and by the way, as it's going through, you know, as it's spinning, you know, and it spits it out this building, you know, this projectile is going. About five thousand miles per hour <laughs> oh, so I'm looking for the Wiley e. coyote and and the uh, uh, what is that uh, the roadrunner uh, in this but <laughs> I haven't found it yet and since Time magazine you know named it one of the top 100 innovative companies in uh, 2022 is that what it was I believe yeah um. You know, I, I'm assuming that it's a real company and I've seen the actual building and I've, you know, I'm sorry, 100 most influential companies of 2022. Um, I've seen the, there is a, a, a video on YouTube. You should watch it if you want to learn more. Um, the reason why there is an inner and outer door is that it's spinning so fast that, um, the friction from air, um, essentially would heat it up too much and, um, it, it, it wouldn't work so what they what they decided to do quite honestly is just suck all the air out of the room and
1: <laughs> they create a vacuum
0: spin it in a vacuum and then launch it into space and so that's why they have the two doors to maintain the vacuum inside um this building
1: and when did you say that that other rocket kicks in
0: uh right around two hundred thousand feet
1: so okay yeah,
0: 200,000 feet, 61,000 meters. Yeah. At 17,500 miles per hour is uh, the orbital speed, you know? So, yeah. Um, that's a, We're talking about, you know, ultra high level tolerances, ultra high level of speed, um, a lot of innovation. You know, there's this arm that's inside the building that's spinning. Um, the arm is made out of completely out of this. Really revolutionary, revolutionary way of building carbon fiber composites. So it's you know again we're learning how to build new things, and you know we gotta get over a certain hump, right? Um, and I'm yeah. talking about a technological hurdle. How do we ach- How do we get? To, how do we do X and Y to achieve Z? And and really that's that's what these guys at Spin Launch are doing.
1: <laughs> so. And again, what was the speed you said it was coming out fifteen thousand
0: so the the speed uh when it's coming out you know it, essentially as it's headed up is around you know between four thousand nine hundred miles per hour and five thousand two hundred miles per hour. so let's just say five thousand miles per hour Wow, <clears throat> wow. Yeah, and this is this is something that again, humans we would never put a human in this. We would never put a life form in any of these things. What this is really meant to do, um, is launch payload into space. Um, yeah, get get the price down very much like what SpaceX is doing. Get the price down, and get payload into space. Um, you know because you're spinning, um, so fast, there is a little bit of a concern that we. That the payload, or you know, whether it be a satellite or whatever it is, most likely it's going to be a satellite or, or whatnot. Um, that you know, it it's set up to really deal with the high level of the high level G load uh, and and the vibration. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of vibration, but you know, when you're spinning something around that fast in a vacuum, you're going to yeah. have vibration. You're going to have G load, and you know, believe it or not, um, I believe it, but a lot of people may not generally when they just think about something like this um, you know compared to a normal let's call it traditional launch system um, there's probably not that probably not a lot you have to modify in order for it to be um, okay being launched by spin launch I mean everything's within tolerances there may be some things that need to happen but uh, all in all yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know it's 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 the same everything's built to the same standards.
1: And so this is the first version of it.
0: Yeah. This is a test accelerator. This is a test uh, centrifuge. Um, And uh, it's 110 feet, 108, 110 feet in diameter. It's it's actually 33 meters. So that would be, what, 108 feet. Um, And uh, so it's it's really one-third scale.
1: And so if you, (laughs) you know, the image that came to my mind um what they used to call a long time ago before they had bungee cords, <laughs> um, what, what what they used to call slingshots uh-huh. were like a piece of leather and you'd spin it around as fast as you can. And then at a certain point, you'd let the rock go, yeah. right? And, and the famous images of David slaying Goliath with a slingshot. Um, that's really kind of the, the concept here, right? Yeah. Just... Spin it, spin, it, spin it, and then at the right time, which is key, <laughs> we'll let it go, um, and then and then it shoots up, and the implications are pretty huge because we, with more and more applications for space, be it satellites or or um, or exploration or things going uh, to and from the space station or the moon. You know, or Mars, or whatever. Um, each of these takes a tremendous amount of energy and fossil fuels. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. This is all electric. Not,
1: it's all electric, yeah. and <clears throat> you know what? If you look at what's required for every every rocket takeoff, you know one of the things that isn't really advertised, but if you look at it is is in their videos on this, as well, truly amazing there are like millions of gallons of water (laughs) that are pumped out every space launch. Mm -hmm. They've got, and it's, it's really impressive to watch, but you're using a tremendous amount of water. And the reason they use the water, which I didn't know, I thought maybe they're going to cool it off or whatever. It's got nothing to do with the cooling, the water, because they notice when rockets take off, especially as they're close to the ground, the sound waves are so intense. So not only for the people around there, but for the equipment in itself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as you get, as the rocket gets further from the ground, then the sound can dissipate in the air, right? But when it's sitting on the ground, you've got tremendous amount of energy, tremendous amount of sound. So what they figured out a long time ago is if you shoot water, huge amounts of water, the sound actually gets deadened as because it travels. It's water's denser than air, and the sound waves don't affect everything as much. Kind of like like in the ocean, right? Right. right. Um, but the amount of water for one space launch is unbelievable.
0: Yep, and the amount of jet fuel right yes um, yes
1: in is... the hydrocarbons and all the other stuff that's generated
0: so it's important to note that spin launch's first um stage right what replaces a first stage rocket is all electric but there is a more traditional uh rocket that again ignites at that 200,000 foot level and that's where you you know uh gain that 17,500 Miles per hour. You know, as you're getting higher and higher in the atmosphere, the atmosphere is getting thinner and thinner. So it's therefore going to take less effort to you know accelerate. Yeah. Sounds like an interesting ride.
1: So uh, I just looked it up. So during in, on the space shuttle. Yeah. During a launch, <clears throat> three hundred thousand gallons of water. Are poured onto the pad in forty-one seconds,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure when um they launch uh, SLS um, next this coming Monday, um it will have uh you know it's it's gonna be from you know roughly the same uh pad right I think it's uh yeah gonna be a pad over right because I think SpaceX is. Um, Occupying the pads that uh, the space shuttle has launched right now, but uh, you know, they're they're gonna probably use just as much water and More fuel um uh, far more fuel probably I didn't I haven't looked it up really, but uh, I mean given the size and knowing that the rockets are actually Larger than yep, it's gonna be lc-39b. So it's um, gonna be uh, um, Right at the cape and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a big rocket. So that's gonna be a lot of fuel Wow
1: mm-hmm
0: wow yeah, so it,
1: so this is again, this is the first step, right this is proof of concept um might be used for smaller things at first, but this is a technology
0: this is and it's a new technology right and and it's yeah. important to note that this is one third scale so the the funny thing was um, and they kind of allude to it um. During COVID, they had gotten a bunch of um, guys who were welders, guys that were machinists, guys. That <laughs> yeah,
1: this is fascinating. Build
0: structures and all this stuff, and um, they got a bunch of people together, and I guess they hired a bunch of people who were like, "Hey, you know what? I'm I'm tired of being cooped up in at the house because of COVID, and um, you know, I'm not working in the shop. I'm not doing this. Sure, you want to drive out to the middle of New Mexico and build something? Sure, if you." Sounds great to me. so they went out to the middle of they sent these guys out into the middle of New Mexico. They gave them some plans, very, very little uh, you know information about what they're building. and they just started building a building that uh, w- which ultimately became the vacuum enclosed um, you know uh, launch complex. So it was kind of interesting that um, they were building a building uh, in a knowledge vacuum, that would actually be a real vacuum, right, uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for launching new new uh, types of launch vehicles. So I, I, I thought that was a funny story, and it kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're sitting there bored on the couch, you might as well make some money, right? And that's great. And you know what?
1: Only during this time would something like that happen. Right. You know, 20 years ago, that would have been too weird.
0: Yeah. You would have to... to... For, for... If you like, what do you what? Get away from me, right? Nah, I'm right, but
1: like but that. but during COVID and the, and crowdsourcing, you know the whole concept of crowdsourcing and uh, more people doing, you know, uh, gig economy, what have you. The concept of going and doing something just for one purpose, not not foreign at all.
0: Right. Right. I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean it, it is pretty cool, and that's you know that's the out of the box thinking. So you know, one can only imagine um, you know what kind of technologies are, are going to come out of this. I mean, um, already you know the building itself is pretty innovative. Um, the way in which they're attaching the rocket to uh, you know the actual arm uh, and then spinning it around that's that's pretty. Um, you know, uh, uh, that's a new concept that's never been used, and there's there's been a lot of talk about structural rig- rigidity and and how they're going to do that, and you know, but really there's the there's the side, I call them the side projects, not the main project, right? The but but everything plays in concert, and if something doesn't work, then nothing works, and one of the side things that they need to make work correctly is really evacuating all the air out of the out of the chamber and when we're talking about you know uh, a vacuum chamber you know when you buy a vacuum chamber for lab um, you know you're gonna get X amount of um, molecules out of that air vacuum chamber but it's not going to be all the molecules you're never yeah. going to get them all out they have found or figured out a very innovative way. To really evacuate, um, a high amount, and I don't know what percentage, but I would have to say that it's well north of, you know, what would normally be expected in, you know, a a science environment, right? I mean, there's only a couple uh, vacuum chambers uh, in North America. NASA pretty much has them all. That will probably even you know, conform to what this is evacuating molecules out of. And the technology that they've gone in and the pumps and and um, the care and time that it's taken for them to figure out this process of how to remove air from a structure, um, that's innovative in itself. You know, where would we use that technology for other applications? And really, that's the question, right? We're, we're designing this for, um, for space. We're designing this for for uh this type of application in engineering but i'm pretty sure what we learn here will be applied to many many other verticals as well
1: imagine how fast you could dry your
0: clothes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for sure
1: yeah and so one of the things that struck me is is you're as you're describing this tim this is this is why it's so cool to be alive at this time and i I equate it to like the early 1900s, where you had like guys building airplanes and bike shops, (laughs) you know. Right, right. Now, Now these guys have money behind them and science behind them and all that stuff, but this is the kind of out of box thinking that let's say it doesn't even take off. Let's say it doesn't it doesn't become viable. This is the seed for. The next thing, even.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'm sure, I'm sure with the money they have behind it, they're going to make it viable. But this is the seed, you know, when an 11 year old sees this, she could be the one that's like, hey, you know, what would be really cool is if we did, if we use that and then used it this way. Right, right. Right, and so this is so. I mean, that's what I mean about it being so exciting right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And and uh, your your point's well taken. Um, you know, there are a lot of interested parties in this. Um, as of uh, the early part of twenty twenty, and I don't know, you know, um, what's financially transpired beyond that. Um, they they had raised around eighty million. Um and some of that money has come from Google Ventures. Okay. Some of that money has actually come from, um, if I'm not mistaken, Airbus. Even though it's a U.S. company, um, so and and a lot of you know, uh, there's a lot of private uh, interests as well. There there's some other companies in that list, and you can find those those investors and that information online. But those two kind of, um, uh, kind of. Uh, shined a little uh, on the list Uh, i i was uh, i was kind of really interested in seeing that you know airbus ventures was interested in this and and google you know i mean it doesn't surprise me that google would do the investment money but uh you know whenever you have a name like google or airbus who's number number one now because i think boeing fell to number two um you know uh that means something. It brings credibility to the project, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, my, my my initial fear is that it's going to be weaponized.
0: <laughs> okay, I you know I think you know I thought the same thing when I looked at it
1: because I, I just look I just did a, a conversion, so it, it's going to shoot it straight up two hundred thousand feet. Right. 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 That's about 38 miles. Mm-hmm. All right. And mm-hmm. so if that's pretty good distance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, and, 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 and um, that's kind of the downside, but unfortunately, Well, the other side of it is if if the government or somebody gets behind weaponizing it, then the good part use accelerates as well. You know, because the money, you're kind of developing it alongside it. I, I hope. I just hope it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, we, we, all, we we always find ways of making you know better forms of mass destruction, and I'm pretty yeah. sure you know this is not going to be a okay. So there, there is. Let me reverse engineer that thinking for a second. Um, yeah. There were some experiments done um, in the early age of rocketeering. Um, let's call it the the late 40s, 50s time frame, where actually they shot stuff into orbit from huge, from large drone-based cannons.
1: Yeah, and, that's what they originally thought, right? Yeah, they, yeah. That they, they'd shoot capsules out of cannons.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, there, there have been big cannons that have sat on rail cars. There have been big cannons that are have set, and I think that's the largest one. Um, there was one that w- that that was actually designed and built on a rail car. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I remember the picture. Yeah. yeah,
0: I I may be off on this, but I believe that was German built. Um, yeah. Okay, but um, you know, but there, you know, obviously the largest, you know, guns in the world, at least naval guns, uh, the Yamato, um, Japanese fleet. Um, Of course, the, uh, the USS Missouri, um, yeah. you know, th- those are big guns that can fire projectiles miles and miles and miles. So this isn't, this isn't new technology and, you know, and, but, but to, to uh, reverse play that for a second, I think really the concept here was, you know, Hey, we knew we can do it um, from shooting it from cannons. How do we innovate and take a different <laughs> spin on that idea? And no, no, no. Yeah, but (laughs) they, you know, I think this is the road they went down. And so, you know, I would have to say that this is a de-weaponized approach to putting, you know, science into orbit.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's a really good point, Tim. Um, Because as you were were kind of describing that, the de-weaponizing, right now the big thing that everyone's developing is these hypersonic uh, weapons that travels so fast you really can't defend against them right. right eventually they will and i'm sure that if they develop the weapons they've tried to develop countermeasures to them so whatever but hypersonic a real big deal um and one of the not so secret weapons um because it was shown in the movie transformers <laughs> two um transformers two is something called a rail gun yeah and it's really interesting because it doesn't use gunpowder. It uses magnetics. And it's it's pretty cool if you see the, the graphic. I don't know exactly how it works, but what it does is it, it changes the magnetic polarity and they're super, super strong magnets and they travel in opposite directions and they shoot a projectile super fast, super far. Mm-hmm. And if you take, if you replace the projectile, with a space capsule, theoretically, you're kind of doing the same thing that yep. spin launch is trying to do.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. That's absolutely true. And you know, when you're talking about yeah, you're talking about railgun. It's what everyone knows it as. Is you know, um, and and they have they have built weapons around railguns. Um, but you know, really, what you know uh, that technology really started as is maglev technology for. You know, high-speed trains, those types of things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, they just said, can we make things go faster? Ooh, how fast can we make them go? Can we put a hamster on it? I don't know. Maybe. And then they tried it. So, you know, I was kidding about the hamster thing. Um, yeah, you got to
1: be careful where you put the hamster.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but we, we're, we're seeing a return to higher-speed stuff, you know? Um, yeah. You know, uh other news that kinda relates to this, right? American Airlines just made a uh agreement to buy twenty uh high speed supersonic jets from a company called Boom. Um, yeah. You know, and so it it's kinda funny because what was the big thing in the nineteen sixties, right? The big thing in the nineteen sixty was, Hey man, I want a ticket on the Concorde.
1: Yeah. Oh man, and that was that was only for the super rich
0: that was like you know, I think in the '90s we're looking at you know uh, you know ten years, maybe you know eight to ten years before they ended the Concords in the mid '90s, you know they were looking at twenty thousand dollars a ticket. was that right, 15, yeah. twenty thousand dollars a ticket? Yeah, it, it
1: was something like that
0: and, and it was a four hour flight from New York to Heathrow, right from yeah, so you're talking about a four hour flight, you're talking about five thousand dollars an hour.
1: Yeah. Well, well, it it burned a ton of fuel. I mean, it was not an efficient plane at
0: all. <laughs> exactly. It was not an efficient plane. And that's where boom has kind of changed the the industry a little. They're putting that fuel efficiency back into hypersonic speed, hypersonic planes. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily saying boom is the, you know, uh, aircraft equivalent of spin launch, because I think boom's much further along. And, you know, they, what their products are 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 very innovative on their own, but Spin Launch is kind of doing the same thing. They're uh, yeah. you know, it's a different it's a different spin on on getting stuff up into orbit and like like we were saying earlier, and and this is. Uh, you know, this is where we're really looking at, and, and going back to the 1960s for a second, everyone wanted to watch an Apollo launch, and now we have SLS launching again. So it seems like, you know, what's old is new again. Everyone wants to go back on the supersonic planes, and everyone wants to watch people get back onto the moon. And I think it's a great thing. I think it's an exciting time, like he said.
1: Yeah. And this is uh, what's cool about something like Spin Launch it's not an incremental change. No. So they're not making a better rocket they looked at the problem from an entirely different perspective. Correct. And and those are the huge leaps that are, are just fun and interesting. And, and, you know, what, what ends up happening is how did we not think about that, <laughs> you know, uh, before? Um, but again, as, as someone that's, that's in technology, someone that, that that's in this space, you can't be discouraged by any kind of failures in these.
0: Right. And up until, we got to remember that up until recently, um, you know, the space shuttle was the only reusable, you know, method of getting things to and from space. And there's, there's a, (laughs) there's a movie, uh, the, the famous line is flying brick, uh, flying brick, Hmm. And, uh, basically because when the space shuttle lands, um, it is a flying brick. I mean, there is no engines, there's no power. It is a, it is a very heavy glider, you know, so it's, it's with really small wings, With really small wings. So it's difficult to imagine even now going back to those days. I mean, like I was sad when they retired the shuttle. I was, I I went, I went to the, I went to the Cape. I went to, go visit the shuttle that's there. And, and it was amazing to see it. Um, and I would never admit to touching it because you're not supposed to. Um, <laughs> but there is something about that tactile uh, that, you know... Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I, um, I, I, I thought, I think, is there one in the Smithsonian Air Institute? There, there is now,
0: yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. Enterprise was there, which was the original um, prototype that never actually went into space. And then they swapped it out and Enterprise went someplace else. Um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe to the aircraft carrier in New York. Mm-hmm. i I I don't know where all the shuttles went. To be perfectly honest with you, but I know okay. they did. A, I know they did a swap of Rooney on some of them. Um, yeah, and, but I I can't I can't even imagine going back to that because, what SpaceX has done is is not a small innovation. It's a huge oh, innovation.
1: It's, it, it's incredible it's like going from the model T to a tesla
0: absolutely it really is and to take that analogy this is like going from uh, you know this this new innovation where we're going to actually be spinning things and launching them into orbit it's it's a um it, the innovation here is now we're going to be using less fuel it's it's potentially more greener Um, and you know what, we, we're not going to be looking at launching rockets once a month or three or four times a month. We could be launching rockets three or four times a week. Yes. And that's the innovation part.
1: That, (laughs) that's the game changer. Right. Because then it becomes ordinary.
0: Yeah, it wasn't very ordinary, um. You know, when we launched, people got used to watching the Apollo missions and people running around on the moon. And, you know, that was that was a PR challenge for NASA back in the 60s and 70s, late 60s, early 70s is, uh, you know, people just it was amazing when it happened. And then after it happened, you know, even though there was great science going on, public interest was lost. But
1: until Apollo 13.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. And then people, then people, you know, really appreciated, you know, um, you know, you look up at the moon you say, well, it's 200, give or take 250,000 miles, but the effort that it takes to get somebody back, what happens if something goes wrong? Um, and to extend that idea, you know, we're not just going to the moon. There's a much farther outlook here. We're in, and, um, (laughs) our government, um, you know, and NASA, part of our government as well as our partners in the space industry um you know they're all whether it be other governments or other Mm -hmm. you know other companies they've all plotted a course towards mars and so getting to the moon is kind of uh you know a stop a stop in the road on the way
1: and this now you could never put people in something like that because of the g-forces but um this addresses really the hardest part. Yeah. Escape, escaping the earth's atmosphere, especially getting off the ground. Yeah. Is the hardest part.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting to me and it hasn't been really talked about. I mean, I have not seen it anywhere, but I've talked about it with some of my colleagues and friends and, you know, Earth has a relatively thick atmosphere. And so doing something like this in Earth's atmosphere, um, you know, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of effort. But building something like this on Mars, where the atmosphere is a lot thinner, um, you could potentially launch a lot larger payload uh, with a lot less energy. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just the atmosphere isn't the same density. So this technology, even though it's being... Developed on Earth today, this may actually be something that's actually more viable for space. I know this is this is just weird to think about, but for space launch systems on <laughs> other planets that we right. may use down the road, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: just and what's interesting. This is what you have to and and, and you know we're big fans of. We always ask our audience. Look beyond. Yeah. Don't come in with preconceived notions. Don't be rigid. Be an open thinker. This is the kind of story that you look at and go, oh my God, that's ridiculous. But hopefully, as we just discussed, the implications, not just of the actual product, but what it could mean in the bigger picture is really amazing.
0: Absolutely. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I first saw this project, I'm like, this is Candyland. This is, this is... <laughs> yeah this is so stupid. There's no way this is going to work. And you sit down and you watch the video and you start doing very basic math and you start understanding how, you know, the, um, as you alluded to, now we're going to come full circle here. The physics work, um, from your joke at the beginning of the show, (laughs) um, your dad joke. Um, (laughs) yes, it, it it's not far fetched. It it is makes sense, reasonable, and and that's that's what I love about science and projects like this. Is there is a holy shit moment, and it's when you realize, you know, the the thing that holds us back is really our own imagination. And I it, I, yes. I really hate saying that, but it really, really is truthful. Our own imaginations are what hold us back.
1: And, you know, you just need that one turning it just a little bit. Right. So, oh, man, anything spinning that fast is going to create so much friction. Da, 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 da. You just need the one person go, oh, what if we did it in a vacuum? That's it. Right. That, that makes all the difference in the world to whether it succeeds or not.
0: Yeah, you're going to be like, a vacuum. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could put it in a vacuum, but... I mean, you still have to deal with G-forces, and, you know, well, maybe carbon fiber makes sense for the arm, and let's start sketching it out, you know, and, uh, well, maybe we can't put humans in it, but, you know, how many rocket launches actually have humans in them? You know, maybe the 85th percentile of rocket launches, this is an appropriate method of launching stuff into orbit with. And yeah, maybe this is more feasible than we thought. And then you start getting more and more discussion together. And I think that's absolutely a great point, George.
1: And then, you know, even the human stuff, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, you can't put them in this giant centrifuge and just flip and launch them into the air, right? But maybe that's the stuff... Maybe the capsule is somehow attached to that. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? I, there is a solution to get people in there. Maybe you use this as a propellant of some sort. And, and I don't know how to figure that out. I mean, let's get the unmanned stuff done. But as the more you do this, you know, there are some great minds out there that could be like, hey, well, you know what? A human can take X number of G's. Maybe if we do this as part of a stage, blah 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 blah, you know, um, you get to a point where humans can be launched using this thing. Yeah, and I, th- not, I th- not in its current form. No, no, right. you know,
0: in the current form, it would be a red blur on the side of the rocket. Yeah, you know. right. Yeah, um, yeah, right. The, the red blur <laughs> being the human that used to be there. Um, yeah, but, right. But, right. You need but, a mop. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but you know. um, you know, and this is where, you know, I'm going to dig deep and say there is maybe possibly a solution to this. And the solution um, came from a, I believe it was a James Cameron movie. Um, we talked about how movies influence yes. technology. Yes, they um, do. <coughs> there was a great science fiction movie back in the early 90s called The Abyss. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And there was a scene in the abyss where this guy grabbed this mouse and put this mouse in this container, and the mouse—we thought the mouse was going to like drown, and instead, it was breathing air again because the air was a highly oxygenated version of 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 a, a, a fuel liquid. And so the oh, that's right. That's the mouse right. is breathing. So, if the, the idea here is for g load, right? If you can remove pockets of air out of a human body, <clears throat> namely the the lungs, and you can submerge them in water, that's a non compressible uh, medium. Um, they can handle higher g's. Um, That that's where my mind goes with it, and now somebody needs to take my idea and run with it. And if you make millions and billions off of it, I don't just buy me an ice cream cream cone. I'm fine.
1: We are not, we are not, uh, volunteering, to be the first
0: subjects. However, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna do that either. That's right. (laughs) But 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 that's that's the kind of stuff that you're looking for. Is you know you know how. If there is a way that w- that could be a way, right? So
1: Absolutely You
0: know, i I gotta get out get get out of your way of your own imagination. I never really even thought of putting under a human under those types of G loads before. Um, you know, and really what it boils down to is every time we watch science fiction, and I don't want to get off the topic, but every time we watch science fiction, people are standing up as they're going up into space. So, you know, idealistically one of these days we'll, yeah. we'll create artificial gravity.
1: Yeah, or a wormhole.
0: That'd be awesome. I'd like a. I'd like to do a wormhole. That'd
1: that be would cool. be really cool. Uh, I really hope it's got like that tunnel thing with all the cool lights.
0: It, it, like,
1: like going it, into hyperspace and stuff. I
0: was actually thinking of uh, when Thor was going um, to Ragnarok. And, oh yeah, yeah.
1: Or in Contact when she gets dropped on, you know, Contact.
0: Yeah, except, you know, and it's funny you should mention Contact too because. One of the things that we didn't talk about with space launch or with um, a spin launch is, you know, <clears throat> when rockets go up in the space uh, or when rockets go up and, you know, unfortunately, sometimes they fail. Right. Um, you know, what happens to the rocket? It just explodes. Right. And we're not talking about we're, we're assuming that there's no human payload on this. This is just a satellite. Right. So right. W- what we lose is money and technology. And it's it's a setback. But again, failure is an option. But what happens if, um, the building fails? This this space. yeah yeah because you mentioned Contact, and there was a scene in Contact where that crazy guy with the white hair um I I he did like five movies in the nineties, and uh, he was the religious guy who wanted to get rid oh of yeah 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 he he put a bomb on that machine, and when the machine broke down, it spit debris out all all across Southern Florida, or I should yeah. say. Eastern Florida, um, I I very much envision something like that happening with this if something were to fail, you know, which is why. Oh, it would be
1: catastrophic. It Absolutely. would be so cool. It would be. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't wish the, the failure, but it would be so epic it because would be things epic. are moving so
0: fast, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if, if they're going to be launching this thing at 5,000 miles an hour, you know then that arm is spinning pretty quickly inside that building. And if, if something fails um, and it looked like everything, you know, I mean, obviously the bearings and they have the whole nine yards, but if something fails, I mean, that building is just going to tear itself apart.
1: Yeah. And, and, and if the, whatever's launched isn't launched exactly right, (laughs) you know, I mean, so it goes 38 feet, 38 miles Right before the other rocket takes over, it could be like almost eighty miles away and fall somewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, eighty miles away in ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Five hundred so, feet off the ground. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're you're in. Uh, we're making a we're making light of something that. We never want to see happen. We
1: and, never want to right. see happen. But but you I mean, these are possibilities that they I'm sure they're trying they're they're taking into account. You know, but
0: I could just see something... I could just see like this couple in Corpus Christi just chilling out on the beach, relaxing, and then all of a sudden this supersonic rocket flies right over the beach at like five thousand <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, just sonic booming everything.
0: What the hell was that? <laughs> In other news today, we don't want that to happen. It's a we funny do thought, no, but we don't want that to happen.
1: No, we do not want that to happen. You know, and depending on what state that would go over, if it goes over Texas, it would be shot.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? People would shoot at it. I don't
0: think I don't think they'd see it uh coming. It would it would fly by so quickly that they wouldn't
1: even <laughs> see it coming. Uh, you know that's and crazy. then it, yeah, so uh but wow,
0: so as you can tell, George and I are we have a dark side to us and we have a
1: us. <laughs> <laughs> well it but it it's because you you gotta look at what happens if it everything doesn't go perfect right it's a logical question yeah and, and yeah, it's kind of I mean we're just making light of it of course yeah but... we're making light of it
0: and... no <laughs> it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch stuff um launch from this thing and you know I mean I'm uh I'm excited to see it and I'm excited to see it launch and I'm I'm excited to uh, to you know obviously um be part of you know uh reaping the benefits of uh you know whatever they you know whatever the next generation coffee maker comes out and the technology goes in that coffee maker man um you know it's going to make Yeah, yeah. Make, be great tasting coffee, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's spin launch. Yeah. Um and I think uh what what a great thing! We'll keep everyone up to date as uh you know as the project continues and things unfold. This will be something that George and I look out for.
1: Yeah, and and, and Tim, thank you for uh for 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 bringing this out. This that was, uh, this is fun.
0: Good stuff. All right. Yeah.